Yes, keep in that place. Keep in that place. In a second, we're going to do a two-minute silence because this is Remembrance Sunday. And we're going to we're going to take a second just to reflect on the lives that were given in so many different conflicts for the freedom that we celebrate in this country. You know, the first Armistice Day happened on the 11th of the 11th, 1911, at the end of World War One, and yet we also remember World War Two, where in Germany, Bibles were being burned, Christianity was being threatened, and yet so many lives died so that we could celebrate our religious freedom in this country. And so we're going to go for two minutes silence right now and just take a second to reflect. Father, we thank you for the freedom that we live in. We thank you for the life that we have. As we remember the, the lives that were given to stop atrocities and to stop tyranny and to stop war, God, we remember them, we thank them. all that sacrifice pearls into insignificance in comparison to you, Jesus. And so today we say thank you for the freedom that we live in. We thank you for the life that we have. As we remember the, the lives that were given to stop atrocities and to stop tyranny and to stop war, God, we remember them, we thank them. But all that sacrifice pearls into insignificance in comparison to you, Jesus. And so today we say thank you for you. 
one died for so many that we could be set free. And we give you glory today. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Bless you guys. We're about to move into maybe the colder part of the service, so just wriggle a little bit. If you are getting cold, then I give you full permission to do star jumps in the middle of Alice's preaching, um, do running on the spot, do some headstands, just get yourself active. But thank you for coming and joining us this morning. I don't know about you guys, but if you really want to get warm, then feel free to go and sit on the drum kit for a minute and play, because that got me toasty. It was great. Well, welcome to church today, everyone. Um, a couple of notices. The main one being that next Sunday, back in our normal venue, but at a different time. Okay, we just basically decided to make November a real test of your commitment and your ability to listen to notices. Um, no, joking. It was Pinner Village's whole decision to rent out somebody else. However as blessed are the flexible, as we like to believe. And so um, next Sunday is an afternoon service from two till four in the afternoon next Sunday at Pinner Village Hall. Now, parents, there's going to be loads of soft play stuff again. So if you were there for the church birthday and your kids absolutely loved it and wondered why our kids couldn't be like that every week, um, it's going to be like it next week. But then also, adults... Um, we are going to be having kind of more of a celebration style service next week, just celebrating what the Lord has done. And so that's going to be a really, really good time together. And so two till four, not 10 till 12 or 10.30 till 12.30 or one till five, whatever time you guys want to decide. It's two till four. Okay, awesome. We'll see you there next Sunday. And then I, th I think that's the main notice other than we're going to do an offering really quickly. Um, oh yeah, there's all these extra things here. But guys, please zoom in on your phones and scan that or go to ctflondon.com slash give. You can set up your regular tithes and offerings through there as well. There's also a number of special offerings you can give into as well in there. Some of the missionaries we're supporting, stuff like that. Um, but guys, it takes money to do church, hey? And so let's just be real. We need your support to make this happen. And so if you love our church, please give. All right? Deal? Awesome. Right, well, I don't want to take up any more of Alice's time because he's got a great message to share. Um, but like I said before, if you really agree with what Alice is saying, unlike usually where we'll put like our, our amens out there, I want to give you the permission to like do a star jump or something when Alice does something really good because that's two benefits. Firstly, he gets excited. Secondly, you get really warm. Okay, so think smarter. Okay, but let's, let's get really excited. But Alistair, why don't you come up? Um, there's no music stand or anything, bro. You could, cool. You want to stand up here for the camera, please? Thank you. Awesome, a preacher with a hot chocolate. Look at that, that's amazing. That's a anointed decision right there. Well, Father, right now, would you release your fire and your passion over Alistair right now? I thank you that your Bible says that you're singing songs of joy over him right now. And Father, I ask you just allow him to tap into your word for today and bless our hearts as we hear what he has to say in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Okay, everyone up on your feet quickly. Nice and quick, up on your feet. The primary school teacher in me needs to be satisfied in a moment like this. So everyone, hands up, hands up high, down to the toes. Do that five times. One, two, three, online people, you two, four, five. Run on the spot for a few moments. Just get the blood flowing, wiggle your arms. Okay, big stretch, star jump. And we're going to do three star jumps. One, two, three, go. One, two, three. There we go, online people. I hope you enjoyed it and you can sit down. I used to be a year two teacher for five years. 
I pretty much need to do that at the start of every single lesson because they just switch off and go into screensaver mode. And so a um, little bit of uh, exercise to get the blood flowing. Um, I honestly thought today that I was probably only going to have about five minutes to preach. So I can preach on, you know, pretty most things for, and I'm a verbal processor. I could go on and on and on, but I'm not going to. Um, I just want to give a little short message and then actually we're going we're gonna to finish with worship. We're going we're gonna to do what we used to do years ago, which was top and tail the service with worship. Um, and so we're going we're gonna to make worship our ministry, but we're going we're gonna to spend a little bit of time praying for each other as well. And I know you're cold, and uh, who remembers the days back in the ark when we would, we would rock up? Yeah, Ben does. He's got his hand up. Uh, <laughs> we, would, we would rock up on a Sunday sometimes and find that the school had actually left the air conditioning on over the weekend, and we were absolutely freezing. And I remember one of the first times I ever preached in the ark, it was one of those air-conditioned Sundays. And I could just tell nobody wanted to listen to me. Everybody was just, please land this preach, almost from the word go. And so I kind of struggled through that message. But um, it is cold, but is anyone else just feeling like the, the joy of the Lord, the pleasure of the Lord being here? Just looking around, knowing this, this, if you know the story of this place, you'll know that there, there was a phenomenal vision about angels, the, the armies of heaven crashing over that bridge just down there at the end of the car park. You'll know that there's, there's been revival meetings on this land. I spoke for, in tongues for the first time, I think about 2010, in that tent over there that's got no covering on it at the moment. That was the first time I ever spoke in tongues and, and had that infusing of the Spirit. And I know that I'm not the only one who's had a miracle or an encounter on this land. So you're cold, you're wrapped up, you're protecting body heat, you're wiggling your legs, Stephen Kim, and so on and so forth. But please know that there is something else going on here in this land other than just a bit of November cold, okay? The presence of the Lord is here. And when we were praying this morning, there was um, a word, I can't remember, was it Sandy? Um, uh, no, Sally, Sally, wherever you are, Sally. There was a word about there's an inheritance on this land. There's something on this land to be taken. And I don't necessarily think it's going to be something that I say, or something that we just sung or worshipped about. There's something on this land. And so if you have a heart for revival, if you feel that there is a revivalist in you, can you just hop to your feet really quickly? If you know that, whatever, however you're going to define revival, and it's, it's okay, you don't have to get to your feet. It doesn't mean you don't like revival. I'm not... <laughs> I'm not tarring you with that brush. If you feel you've got revival on you, just hop to your feet right now. And I just want you to stretch your hands out just by faith into the, into the atmosphere, into the sort of the air of this place. And just ask right now, if you are a revivalist, revivalist if you have revival and a hunger to see, uh, the, the picture I've got is you carry a little flame and you look for dry places to go and drop that flame. You carry a lighter with a cross on it and you look to go to dry places and drop that, that lighter and watch something catch on fire and burn up. If that is you, wherever it is, whatever environment it is, then I, I encourage you right now, stretch out and ask the Lord to put something in your hands. Ask him to put something in your land because we are on, we are on holy ground here. Restore Hope Latimer is a place of holy ground and the Lord has ignited revival 
in this place. He ignited it in my heart. This was one of the very first Chloe and Stu meeting things that I came to here um, over 10 years ago. And there was something, there was a deposit that I took. So right now, I'm talking fast, but I want you to make this personal right now. Lord, what are you giving me? And you can say those words. Lord, what are you offering me? What is in front of me that I can take right now? Because I want revival. And if you're if you've had the integrity of staying seated because you know there are other things in your life and I honor those other things, then why don't you just bless the revivalists who are here? Not being, being a revivalist or not being a revivalist isn't sort of in my definition right now. There's not a wrong or a right one. You can be a pastor. You can be a, a, an administrator in the kingdom. And boy, do we need good administrators in the kingdom <laughs> to, to make sure all the revivalists are actually on track and do the thing that they want to do. But you can just bless the people who are, who are stretching their hands out right now. And as soon as you've got something... Pull it down and just say, I claim it. I claim it for me. I claim it on this Remembrance Sunday. I claim it for me, for my ministry, for the place that you've given me, for the thing that you've given me to steward, Lord. I pull it down right now. This is mine. I want to take it. I want to be a steward of it. Like Isaiah said, here I am, send me. Whom shall I send? Me, Lord. Me. Send me, Lord. And if you don't feel worthy, remember that the thing that happened to Isaiah just before he said, send me, was he got purified of all his sin. He said, Lord, I can't even stand before you because I'm sinful and I come from a broken and messed up and screwed up people. And the coal touched his lips. He got purified and then there was no middle ground. He didn't have to go on a course. He didn't have to do 12 years of evangelism school or go off somewhere. Immediately, Lord said, who can I send? And he said, send me. So Father, we just pull down right now the deposit that's in this place, the deposit that's in the atmosphere because of the worship that we have just offered up. Lord, we pull it down. And right now, Father, would you just seal it, Lord, not to be snatched away from the enemy. And I, I'm, I'm charging you right now, pray for yourself. Pray for yourself like somebody with their hand on your shoulder would pray for you, that this thing would not be snatched up by the enemy because you know the scripture, you know the word of the Lord goes out and you know that the enemy comes to pick it off the, plot, off the path. You know that the, the cares of the world come up and strangle it with, uh, with weeds. You know that the rocks stop it from getting nutrients. You know how easy it is, church, for something of the Lord to get suffocated. Don't let that be you. If you have just claimed something in the name of Jesus for you and for your ministry that the Lord has given you, Pray protection over it right now in the name of Jesus. Ask for it to be protected. Lord, let this seed not be stolen from my life. Lord, I want the kingdom to grow where I am. Size, numbers, scope of influence is irrelevant. It's doing the Lord's will that's the relevant part. Father, I thank you for all the people in this room right now who are claiming something for their hearts. Lord, I thank you for all the people who are sat down, who know what they're called to. Lord Jesus, we just pray in your name that what you have released would not be taken by the enemy or drowned out by the world. And Father, we, as we receive from the atmosphere and from the place, a place where you have done so many miracles, Lord, as we receive, we also push our blessing onto this place. And if you are a revivalist, if you've got a heart for the kingdom in any way, shape or form, you're a teacher, you're uh, an administrator, uh, an evangelist, a kids worker, an encourager, a writer, a, a pioneer, whatever it is that you carry, 
Just push that as a blessing on to restore hope, Latimer. Let's make the next time we come back here, let's see some, some uh, I almost feel like, let's see another building on the site when we come back because they got blessed with finances because of your prayer. They got blessed with a teaching school because you were a teacher and you said, Lord, I impart my gift to this place. Father, we just bless Restore Hope Latimer. Father, would they always do what they say they do on the tin, that they would restore hope for you in this place. Lord Jesus, we bless this place. We thank you, Lord, for the angel armies that walk across this land. Lord, we thank you for the prophetic vision that that is, that you are the victor. Lord, as we have sung, you have no rival. And Father, we just bless this place, Lord. Bless their staff with gifts and surprises this Christmas. Bless the people who are going to receive a Christmas hamper from this place. Bless the people who are going to come onto this land, Lord. We leave our peace as a church, and we leave our individual blessings, unique and individual as they are from each single one of us. We leave our blessing in this place. And all God's people said, amen. Okay, thanks, guys. Take a seat. We're going to have some hot chocolate for a moment. Okay. I'm trying, I'm going to try and keep it fairly succinct if I can. And I'm going to swap hands so that I don't get cold (laughs) holding the mic. Um, I didn't realize I was preaching till Monday morning, just gone. Um, And we were in the staff meeting and we were giving thanks every Monday morning. We give, we we meet for a staff meeting and it's not, to call it a staff meeting is maybe not the best description for it because we just talk testimonies for about an hour and a half and then we pray for the next Sunday and we don't really do any meeting stuff. We just talk testimonies and usually the testimonies go on so long that the prayer starts late and before we know it, it's midday and we haven't done any work. We've just been giving testimony and praying for the service, which is pretty good work in the kingdom, I would say. But I didn't know that I was preaching. I I just assumed it was Stu, or I think I'd seen on a list that maybe it was Stu. So I hadn't put any thought into it. Um, And then somebody said, uh, so this Sunday, Alistair's speaking. Is that okay? Is that right, Alistair? And I did the usual, yes, Mm mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yes. It is, it is me. I, and I carry, I am burdened with a word from the Lord. So deep, I can't even talk about it right now. It's, it's richly you know, uh, stirring within me very deeply. Um, and, and about eight seconds later, the Lord gave me the word for the, for the day. And it didn't give me a massive preach. And as you can tell, I'm not preaching with notes right now. And it's not just because I don't have a lectern. The Lord just gave me the word. And I know for a fact, there are at least three people in this room who this word may mean something to. I'm betting there's more than that and online as well. We've been in a season of giving thanks recently. We've been talking about giving thanks in our speech. We've been talking about giving thanks as a lifestyle. We've been talking about um, working from a place of thanks. We've been talking about giving thanks for the gospel. We've been just revisiting this topic of live a culture of thankfulness because actually the Lord designed us to be more healthy when we give thanks than when we don't give thanks. He actually designed our bodies biologically to respond to thankfulness. And actually, the very fact of giving thanks, the very fact of praising, is actually the, it's actually the completion of enjoyment. So when you enjoy something, 
the very last thing you do after having enjoyed it is give thanks for it. Who's had a good meal with friends, had your last fork of food, and if you're like me, you save like one of every nice thing for the last bite? I do that when I have a morning uh, breakfast. If I have a Weatherspoon's breakfast, I save a little piece of hash brown, a little piece of bacon, a little piece of toast, a little piece of sausage, a little piece of beans. And that's on my last fork before I, so I can just enjoy the whole meal. Is, anyone, is that just me or no? That's just me. Okay. All right. I just build a miniature version of the entire meal on my fork for the last bite. Come on, someone else. Wave your hand. Ellie Barrett. Thank you. There we go. Flicky. Flicky. She knows. But when you finish that last bite and you're with friends, you don't go, mm. all right, bye. Do you? You go, that was good. That was good. When you go and see an, a, a fantastic film, you walk out as the credits go and you're like, that was amazing. That was so good. And then you text someone and say, you've got to go and see the new James Bond film, for example. Ooh, controversial ending to the Bond film. Who's seen it? Controversial. You have a glass, a, a lovely glass of wine or a cold glass of water on a hot day and you praise it. You say, that was good. And I need to tell someone else that was good. And for me, I just, I, I seem to be constantly recommending podcasts to people. It just seems to be my love language now. I heard this great podcast. You should listen to it. There's something about praising as the, the consummation of enjoyment. And when we praise God, it's actually the final step in enjoying being with his, in his presence. We've just been praising him. And it's, it's a natural response to our enjoyment of being with him. And I just, I just, it's not what I wanted to preach on today, but I just want to throw that out that our, we praise because he's worthy but we also praise because he gives us the, the, the privilege of enjoying his presence. And the more thankful we are, the more joy-filled our Christianity is going to be and the more healthy we're going to be in mind, body, and spirit. Who knows? I, I preached this the other week, so I'm not going to go over this a lot. But how many genuinely happy people do you know who uh, there are who complain a lot? Like, think of somebody who moans a lot in your world. And I'm, I'm not saying that in a judgmental way. But think of somebody who just, every time you talk to them, they just are moaning or complaining about something. Is that birthing life in them? Are they, do you envy that person's life? Do you want to be like them? No. Praise, thankfulness, having not just a series in church about it, but a culture of it makes us healthier as people. Amen? Okay, so that's why we've been doing this. But that's not the message for today. And I'm, I'm going to get to it. And I'm going to then get to it. And we're going to be like Concord. We're going to fly up really fast and then land really quickly. The message that the Lord gave me when I was at that staff meeting was, give thanks. Everything's going to be okay. Everything is going to be okay. That's the message for today. What did Alistair preach about on Sunday? I don't remember. He said something about breakfast. And then he said, everything's going to be okay. That's the message for today. You know, I don't know about you. If there is, has any, When I do the minute silence, I hear in my head the sound of the bugle that does the, the last post. Some of you will, will, will know that. 
there's very few things that can make me instantly cry in, in the world. And, and I'm being serious for a moment. There's very few things that can make me instantly well up with tears. The minute silence and hearing that last post played is one of them because something, something must have happened in my childhood, either when I was studying history or learning about World War II or talking to my granddad who lived through it or, or whatever it was that tied that act of sacrifice so deeply into my heart that all I need to do is hear the tune of that and I well up and I just want to, I just want to ball. And I, I remember a couple of years ago, the movie Dunkirk came out. I don't know how many have seen that. And it's all about the evacuation um, in Dunkirk. And I went to see it in Minneapolis with, um, with, with Abby. And having watched the whole movie, and it's an intense movie if you've, if you've not seen it. When we got to the end of it, and if you know the story, I mean, the tagline of the movie is just beautiful. I, I wrote about it in the book. Um, the tagline of the movie is, when 400,000 men couldn't get home, home came for them. And the, the, all the yachts and the sailing boats came and rescued these men off the, off the shores. And when I went to see that movie, I, I, we were in an AMC theater in, in downtown Minneapolis. And I went to the bathroom and I cried for about a minute and a half in a, in a, in a stool. And I knew that there were other like, men coming into the bathroom and hearing, <laughs> hearing me in a bathroom stall crying. But I just, it just rocked me so much. And just as Dan was leading that little moment there, I just thought, how amazing would it be to sort of somehow go back in time and tell the people on that beach, it's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. World War II, it's going to be okay. It's not going to be easy. There's not going to, I can't promise no suffering, but it's going to be okay. You're going to get through it. There's going to be a, there's going to be a day after this when England are playing Germany in the football and we're all in a stadium and there's laughter and love and all of that. There's going to be a day when this is okay. And I just felt this morning that there were some people in the room who need to hear the message, it's going to be okay. And it might not be for all of you. You may be the person who needs to go to tell someone else it's going to be okay. You may be a carrier of this message. You may be a recipient of this message. But we've been through a lot in the last couple of years. And some people have been through worse than us. But we've been through a lot as well. And we're doing church in a building with, you know, three walls <laughs> right now. Things have happened to our church. And people have moved on into new expressions. Scott and Fiona planting their, their week two of their church right now. Just happening down the road in St. Albans. Wonderful things have happened. But also we've experienced pain and we've experienced loss and suffering. And some people have lost people, they've died. Some people are going to hospitals after this service to go see people who are struggling. And I don't know if you've heard the prophetic, a few prophetic words have gone out about this season. And one I've heard a few times is, is the, the word about the, the Lord is moving his pieces on the chessboard. Has anyone, ever, has anyone heard that one? There's... The, globally, the Lord is, is, through COVID, is moving the pieces on the chessboard. And they're going in different directions. And when I heard that, I, my mind went to the, the, those, those amazing chess players who move the first pawn and know how they're going to complete the game based on that move. That's not me. I'm not very good at chess. But do you know, do you know the kind of super nerds I'm talking about, if I can just put it that way. Amazing chess players. 
who know from move one how they're going to win the game. And when I heard that prophetic word about the Lord is just moving his chess pieces across the board and aligning things, I just thought, the Lord is the most expertise chess player in the kingdom. He knows how to win the game. He's thinking eight moves ahead. He's already gone ahead. The person he's playing against, the enemy or the world, is not smart enough to keep up. And the Lord knows he's going to have the victory. And so we, as God's people, are being moved here and moved there and moved back. And moves are happening that we don't always understand. But the one moving us is the one who already has won the game. He's already 12 moves ahead of the enemy. He's won the game. And there, there are people right now today who are going through stuff and they, they've just lost a, if I can just use chess language, they've lost a rook, they've lost a horsey, and their, their, their queen is just about to be taken. And you're thinking, what, Lord, this is, not, this is not the sign of a successful chess game right now. I am, not in, I am not in victory right now. This does not feel, I've got pieces lying up on the side of the table. Give thanks, everything is going to be okay. The Lord is in charge of it. I'm going to speak some scriptures in a second, but I just want to use one example that the Lord has just given me um, just before I do that. And then band, if you can sort of get ready to, to jump up in a second. Um, Stephen, can I borrow you for a second? Don't worry, I'm not going to do any, anything sort of humiliating to you. <laughs> I'm not going to, not going to like make you pick me up or something like Tom, Tom would do. Um, I wonder if you could just hold, hold the microphone just, just in front of my mouth, that's all. Um, one of the things that I've learned about being a father um, in the last few months, Alex is three months old, um, is when he's, when he's in distress and when he cries, I don't, I'm sure this is all babies do this, but this is really my first experience of babies. When he cries, I, I had it in my hands in worship, I had my hands up like this, and I just had this moment where I remembered when, when Alex cries, he holds his hands up to his side. And maybe parents, you can nod if you're like, yeah, all babies do that. And he just, he goes, rah, 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 like this. And he's, he's holding his arms up in the way that kind of I was just holding my arms up in worship. In this completely prone posture where he is completely and utterly vulnerable. And as his dad, I'm comforting him and I'm, I'm saying, it's going to be okay, you're okay, you're okay, the, the bottle's not hot enough yet. Like, I can't give you frozen cold milk, like, just hang on, boy. And he'll be like, rah, rah, rah. And I've got my hands either side of him. But in that moment, he, he doesn't, he's not able to rationalize that it's going to be okay. He's just spinning out with his hands up prone and he doesn't really realize that I'm holding him. He doesn't really realize that I'm speaking over him. But he is okay. And he is safe. And he is going to be okay. He kind of just has to wait a little bit because he actually won't like milk that's straight out of the fridge. <laughs> Thank you. Sometimes I stand in front of him and I look at him. And it takes him a while to fix his eyes on me. Even though I'm right in front of him. And there are, there are other times where I'm holding him up and, and looking at him and he, he can't seem to focus. It's almost like he looks through me. And yet the whole time, 
I'm speaking over him. I love you. You're, you're okay. You're amazing. It's all right. I love you, boy. And I love him so much. I just can't get over how much I love him. Yet I also can't quite get over the fact that at the moment, he's only able to receive such a tiny portion of that. He's only able to keep eye contact for such a short period of time. And for some of us, we're like spinning out. We're crying. We're, we're, we're losing our way. And the Lord is right in front of us speaking. And yet we're not able to fix our eyes on him because we, we get so consumed with what's going on right now. And there's no judgment in that because we all experience that. But I felt like the Lord just needed to give that picture to a couple of people today just so you know he is in fact right in front of your face. He is in fact holding you even if you are completely prone and you are screaming inside. Everything's gonna be okay because he's a good dad and he's made the promise. Thess 1 Thessalonians 4 is talking about the, the, the resurrection of the dead and Paul says we are not like those without hope. We're not like those without hope. And somebody prayed something about uh, the inheritance of this place in pre-service. And the, the name of this place is Restore Hope. We're not like those without hope. And Philippians says, whether, you know, whether I live or die, uh, to live is Christ, to die is gain. This isn't a word about sit back, circumstances are going to be fine. The Bible says circumstances are going to be fine. That's not the word that the Bible offers. We don't preach about suffering a lot, but the New Testament is full of suffer for Christ. But the Father says, you are not people without hope. Whether it's to live is Christ or to die is gain, you are going to be okay. You're going to be pulled off that beach. You're going to be rescued. World War III in your life is not going to last forever. And whether you need to receive that message or whether you just need to carry that message and there's someone in your life who needs to take it from you and dwell in it, I want to just impart that to you this morning. Everything is going to be okay. And I'd love you to turn to the person next to you and don't do the funny version of turn to the person next to you. I do like that. Do a real version of turning to the person next to you and telling them everything's going to be all right. And then just turn to the other person afterwards who you didn't speak to and just look in their eyes if that's comfortable and just say, it's going to be all right, even if you don't have a clue what they're going through. Thank you, Lord. We're going to go back into worship in a second, but I just want to read some scripture over us. Psalm 62, verse 5. Yes, my soul finds rest in God. My hope comes from Him. Truly, He is my rock and my salvation. He is my fortress, and I will not be shaken. He is my salvation and my honor, and they depend on God. He is my mighty rock, my refuge. Trust in Him at all times, you people. Pour out your hearts to Him. God is our refuge. God is our refuge. Isaiah 41, verse 10. Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and I will help you and I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. 
Proverbs 3, trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. Jeremiah 29, 11, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans for welfare and not evil, to give you a future and a hope. If this message is for you today, just stand up and just receive because these words are for you. Romans 8, 28, we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good and for those who are called according to his purpose. 1 Peter 5, 7, cast all your anxieties on him for he cares for you. Psalm 118, the Lord is on my side, I will not fear. What can man do to me? The Lord is on my side as a helper. I shall look in triumph on those who hate me. It is better to take refuge in the Lord than to trust in man. Romans 8.18, for I consider the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed to us. Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. <laughs> all things. <laughs> 1 John 2. My dear children, I'm writing this to you that you may not sin, but if anyone does sin, we have an advocate who pleads our case before the Father. He alone is a sacrifice that atones for our sins, and not only for our sins, but the sins of the world. Isaiah 40, 31, those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. We're going into ministry now, so if people have stood around you and you feel comfortable, just, you don't need to put a hand on them, but just stretch a hand towards them if you feel comfortable praying and bless these guys, whatever they're going through right now, the people who have stood, while we just dwell in Scripture for a little bit longer. Psalm 1, verse 1 to 3. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. And on his law, he, did, he meditates day and night. Get this, Father, I pray this for everyone in this room. He is like a tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in season. Its leaf does not wither. In all he does, he prospers. 2 Corinthians 4.18, as we look to the things that are seen, we look not to the things that are seen, but to the things that are unseen. For the things that are seen are transient, but the things that are unseen are eternal. 2 Corinthians 4, 8 to 18. We are afflicted in every way, but not crushed. Perplexed, but not driven to despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Struck down, but not destroyed. Always carrying in the body the death of Jesus, so that the life of Jesus may also be manifest in our bodies. Matthew 6, 25. Therefore, I tell you, do not be anxious about your life what you will eat, what you will drink, nor about your body, nor what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Ephesians 6.11, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. 2 Corinthians 5.7, we walk by faith and not by sight. Lord Jesus, I thank you so much 
for the truth that you have given us through your word. We sung about it earlier, Lord. Keep us in the red letters, Dwayne sung. Keep us in the words of Jesus. Keep us in the security of Jesus. Somebody said at the, the London School of Theology Day yesterday, said, I, want, I came to the London School of Theology because I wanted a foundation in the word, but I realized that the word won't lay down and be walked over. The word won't lay down and be walked over. It's too strong. It's too powerful. It's too deep. Father, we submit ourselves to the words that you have spoken. Father, I thank you for Psalm 23, where you take us on a journey, Lord, through green pastures and by streams and rivers. And you take us through the valley of darkness and you prepare a table before in the presence of our enemies and you anoint us with oil. And at the end, Lord, we return to dwell at your house. At the end of the journey, once we've gone through the trials and the traumas, Lord, it says, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord, but a better translation is, and I will return to dwell in the house of the Lord. And so, Lord Jesus, we... We just lift up our hearts to you, God. And for those in this room who need the message, Lord, will, will this be okay? Lord, we submit ourselves under your word that says, yes, you will be okay. Give thanks. And Lord Jesus, we speak this word over every single family member. If you've got a family member or somebody who's, who, who is in grave need today just raise your hand and it could be a prodigal it could be someone in I can't I've got someone in my family I can't say anything but they are in such need right now Lord Jesus would the truth of the words that we have declared in this house go to them where they are right now Lord you have shown <laughs> through your word and through everyday life as a Christian, Lord, we know that you can supernaturally meet people where they are. We know, Lord Jesus, that you can inhabit a hospital room. You can manifest in a house. You can meet someone who doesn't know, that, know you yet. Oh, Lord, we ask by your grace and mercy for everybody who's got a family member specifically right now who needs an intervention by Jesus Christ. Lord, we plead for their case and say, Lord, please go. Send your spirit to them right now. Save now. As, Hos as Hannah preached all the last year, Hosanna means save now. Lord, Hosanna in the highest, save now those people, I pray. And Lord Jesus, we just finish this time by praying for our church. We lift up the global church, but we lift up Catch the Fire London. And we say, oh, if you catch Fire London, you're going to be okay. You're going to be more than okay. You're going to be full of life, full of salvations, full of worship, full of revival, full of passion. We bless you, Catch Fire London, to walk tall, walk strong, to be healthy and full of thankfulness in the name of Jesus. We're just gonna, we're gonna finish this time with just um, maybe just one song of worship.
If you feel that you, you, you need a little bit more prayer, you want to just dig in a little more, just come to the front and some team will pray for you. But we're going we're gonna to finish with worship and then we're going to be wrapping up pretty soon so we can get packed down. But if you'd like to come forward to be prayed for, just come and fill up this space here and we'd love to put a hand on your shoulder and just bless you in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for your presence. Thank you, Lord, that we can trust your word. And we just give you glory and we give you all of our thanks in the name of your son, Jesus. Amen.